Welcome to the pursuit of wealth, where the H is surrounded by abundance. We want to welcome you with open arms, open heart, and an open mind to today's wonderful conversation. We welcome Chris Plord to our show today. If Chris has learned one thing in his 20 plus years of coaching, it's that the journey to your most authentic, fulfilled, and happy self begins from the inside. The process of falling in love with the journey of self-discovery means embracing your unique story so that you have clarity on where you have been and where you are meant to be. Chris is a coach, a businessman, a father, and a husband. He works with top athletes and well-known companies, organizations, celebrities, moms, dads, and even military special ops. As a former master trainer and presenter, he created and presented content both nationally and internationally on the mental and physical aspects of training for peak performance in all areas of life. As a former chief executive with men's teams and organizations, he has mentored many men to find their authentic self, create leadership qualities which they could bring to their families, communities, and businesses. He wants to help you gain clarity, establish personal performance habits, create balance, and unleash your true potential in all areas of your life. He believes while the needs of every type of person may vary, the core concept is the same. The way you approach one thing in life is the way you approach everything in life. Wow, Chris, thank you. And thank you for coming on the show today. do these things or, or reach for these goals and, and not to say that doing that stuff isn't isn't incredible but why are you doing it and i think a lot of people especially being a coach they do it because there's a worth worthiness thing going on within themselves they're proving themselves over and over and over again because if you really are able to sit with it and be in that space of how is it i really feel what is it I'm really here to do, right? And and when we get past that and say, yeah, I'm worth. You are all worthy right now. We're all worthy. You didn't. You don't have to do anything else right now in this moment. You were born worthy, and you always have been worthy. And then realized in my 30s that there was really something missing there. This emptiness of I wasn't allowing myself to feel fully. I was bringing myself into a place of 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 denial because it was, everything was right. I had to have it all together. I had to do it myself. And, um, and it made for burnout. Well, why do we, <laughs> why do we put on that armor in the first place, instead of just being right. seen for who we are? And I think you kind of bring up a great point, Chris, because oftentimes, you know, there's a lot of talk about women and, you know, throughout their lives and, and, and whatnot. And it's very interesting to hear, your side of things, you know, as a male mm -hmm. growing up, you know, as you're saying, you were a sensitive kid and it didn't seem to fit that mold of like, you got to be a man. And what, right. what is that idea? What, do, where did that even come from? Right. And how challenging right. it must've been for you, right. To redefine yourself. hundred percent. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's truly, I think the other people's projections on us, Mm -hmm. It's this is, you know, like, for example, my mom was like, if you get a good corporate job with great benefits, you're going to be happy. And that if you do this, you will be so you were like, you looked up to these people like gods, you were just like, Oh, okay, great. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make sure that that I follow that path. And then when you reach that path, and you get there, it's like, No, I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. You know, so there's that of, of programming that comes from others that's not necessarily yours. So I think now as we get older, we get to undo that programming and create, <laughs> follow our own hearts, our own path. Mm -hmm. where, where was that turning point for you? Um, I think when I started coming out here, when I, I, remember, I remember allowing myself to feel sad for the first time, right? Like never allowing myself to to, to get to that place of, of, um, I thought I had to be this pause being a teacher. I had to be this positive role model and I had it all together and everything was fine. And it was this fake facade that I was putting on, you know, I mean, as a kid, um, 
uh, I lost a sister when I was 12. And at that point, that was the turning point of the mask building of, of, okay, that was a sad, awful thing for my family, but now it's time to step up and, you know, not get bullied and, and learn how to fight and do all these things. And that took me to a certain degree. I was like, oh, I have respect now. You know, I'm not allowing myself to, 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 to get buried. I'm going to, I'm going to be this, this tough guy. I'm going to be successful in sales and all this. And what happened was I realized that that wasn't getting me that true fulfillment. And I can remember the first time I was out here in California, uh, Marina Del Rey, 20 something years ago. And I was like, I'm sad. Like, and I'm going to let myself feel that sadness for a little while. I'm going to allow myself to feel it. And then when a few years later, when I joined a men's team and I had all these men around me that were like, yeah, vulnerability is the key. Like what's going on? Like take that off, stop being such a hammer and thinking you can do it yourself all the time. And having those men model that for me in that circle for 12 years and then going through various leadership development um, um, uh, positions within that organization, I was like, whoa, this is, this is, safe for me. I finally feel like I can trust people around me where I never did that before. It was like, I know they're going to tell me the truth, whether I like to hear it or not. And, and, and that feels safe. To me. Even though sometimes it hurts to swallow that pill of, of truth, they're give, they love me no matter what unconditionally. And I'm going to do the same for them because we're on a team that we want to grow together. We want to grow and we want to be the best versions of ourselves. And the best versions of ourselves are underneath all of that programming that existed for so many years. I don't mean this the way it's probably going to sound, but we hear women talking about these kinds of things regularly. Mm -hmm. They, you know, we have these expectations of us and we have all of these pressures put on us and we're the caregivers and we have to do these, mm -hmm. this, that, and the other. But a lot of our recent podcasts, we've been talking about women's health and women's issues. And I yeah. love now to hear the men's man's side, because a lot of men I've known in my life the same way, especially my father, it's like, never mm -hmm. let him see you cry. You can't be weak. You know, you have to, I, and I, I grew up with those, those things as well, even though that mm -hmm. wasn't my role per se, but, but that there are safe spaces for men to, right to do right. that and experience those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how, you know, how do we encourage um, them more? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's understanding how do we, well, uh, I, I'll go there in one second, but I think it's understanding the masculine feminine dynamic within ourselves. Right. And, and so there are men in that circle that have a lot more feminine or in, uh, in this world that have a lot more feminine qualities. There are women that have a lot more masculine qualities and, and there's nothing, it's not about man, woman, it's about where are you and what do you hold, right? And, and how do we integrate that both? David Jada has an amazing book, a couple books out that talks about that dynamic of the feminine masculine within individuals. Okay. And, and that, and I think understanding that within ourselves and being able to be in that free creative feminine zone, right? That's where I, when I'm in that feminine aspect of myself, that's where the creative ideas come from. That's where I get to, you know, put together an amazing retreat or workshop because I'm in this space of dance and just, yes, yes, joy, right? When I'm in kind of the masculine, I'm getting stuff done. I'm just, just, okay, check, check, check. Great. Fantastic. So doing that and understanding that and knowing that it's okay, right? Because so many people are in the state of, oh no, I can't be, I have to be this because this is what my uncle taught me or this is what my grandfather taught me. No, no, this is, this is the dynamic that we're trying to bring up. And I think the new leadership paradigm is, is having both together, not just this patriarch, what we see in leadership right now, that's that's tumbling down, whether they like it or not, whether we like it or not. It's 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 crumbling, and they're fighting every step of the way to keep that that up there. Yeah. But that that can't sustain. It won't sustain what it is. We get to train new leaders the way it should be, in the way that I was just talking about, so that this 
whatever new corporation, governments, countries have this new way of, of, of being so that people are feel safer, so that they, they can live their true life's purpose. And it's not just about this is what I should do. No, this is what I get to do. And they start owning their lives. So how Sounds do we do like that? We train, we work with people, we create weekends, weeks, you know, we bring implement this into corporations, we bring breath work and all of these modalities that that will allow people to 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 touch them themselves to see who they are, to put the mirrors up, right? And 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 that those little tiny niblets, those drops, those 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 whispers will eventually stay with them because you can't see, you can't unsee what you've seen. You can't unsee the yeah. truth. People know what they should be doing, but when they tune in and start to listen to that, then they get to do the work and, and move towards that and hopefully pass it on. That's the stuff that we want to pass on, right? Okay. To cultivate mm -hmm. this space of, like you said, sort of empowering your masculinity when it's, it's appropriate to, and also yes. your femininity, right? Or the feminine side of you for each individual to kind of own mm. that, understand that, cultivate it because it is our human experience. We're never just one thing, right? We're so multidimensional. And I think that's so important what you're talking about now, because, you know, you might be listening to this man or woman and hearing you say that I have either masculinity inside of me or femininity inside of me and thinking, wait, mm -hmm. what? And I think that that's a space to explore because even having that reaction is, is, mm -hmm. is sort of underlying what we're kind of talking about, right? Instead yeah. of just embracing each side or each quality, because again, it is just our human experience and we are mm -hmm. allowed that. And, you know, when you're talking about like passing things down, it's kind of funny. We've been watching a lot of, my daughter loves to watch like animal shows. There's lots of them on Disney. And we were just watching like about the monkeys and the, um, the elephants and things like that. And so they, there's a hierarchy there where they need to show the, the elders need to show the young, how to survive, how to do things, how to be in sort of yeah. on the planet. Right. 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 But what separates us from that is we don't necessarily have to. And while there are skills and things that we do need to learn, labeling or, or that kind of direction is not something mm -hmm. that suits our human experience. Like right. you should do this. Once you get that job, Chris, you're going to be all right. Right. You get your family, right. you get your wife, you get your kids in that job. Once you hit all five of those, you're good, man. The house, you're good. Of course. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. You got to have it all, but then, then you're good. And so that's the interesting piece of it. Like, this is not the stuff that we need as children or young adults, especially from people that we think know everything. And why wouldn't we? Because yeah. they're who we trust, you know? Right, right. Yeah, I was talking to someone yesterday. We have a, a, a community where, where we're able to do some really deep work together. And, and, and we have some really authentic, amazing friends that we get that, that, have these conversations, have real life that like we're having right now. And it's unfortunate when I see kind of in the neighborhood or, or kids, friends or acquaintances, you know, you, you get to these barbecues or parties and you start talking and it's kind of like, you see that there's an, an, an intrigue. There's like, Oh, I, I, there's something there. And, but then there's like that pullback. It's like, Oh no, I can't go there. And that, and you know, what I've, what I've learned and what I was talking to a friend about last night is, you know, you, you drop the hints, you, you tell them what you do, you share your experience of what you have gone through. Right. And when they're ready to make that move, when they're ready to step into their power, then that's okay. Cause I used to be like, no, you need this. You, and it's, <laughs> it's not the way to enroll somebody. <laughs> Enrollment comes from story. Enrollment comes from experience from here's where I was this is what happened to make me change, to shift, you know, feeling that emptiness, feeling that, that there's something more for me here. What is that? And then, then that change of what do I need to do in order to move into that direction? You know, working in medical device sales, when my wife got, I was doing great in the fitness industry, fantastic, plenty of money. But when my wife got pregnant, 
I was like that old, that old shift for the first 15 years ago that, that was like, <gasps> I, she's pregnant. Oh my God. We got to move back to Boston. We gotta, we gotta, I gotta get a job in the corporate world. So what's the highest paying sales job I can get? Let's go medical device. Right? So I did that. I landed a job, got into it. It was kind of cool. Cause I got to be in the OR, you know, working with doctors and stuff. But after about a year, I was like, I'm back again. That same thing is here. That same missing thing. I'm not fulfilled with what it is. What is it I need and want to do? I want to teach. I want to serve. I want to instruct. I want to, you know, do the work on myself. Right. And then I realized what, what do I want to give my kids? What's the, what what I want them to do when they, they get older and that's follow their hearts do what they love. Don't do what somebody else tells them to do. Do what there brings them joy. And how could I say that to them and not live it myself? And so then I made the shift and the universe said, okay. And it, and, and here's the, <laughs> the universe challenged me. The universe said, are you sure? And I was, and then, and then all the, this, these other jobs came in with more money, right? When I decided to leave, because the resistance, the ego, the universe is testing you. Every time you make that choice, the resistance comes up and the universe is like, nope, we're going to change. And you're, and it was like, no, I'm making this decision. And when I made it very clear and I was very deliberate, everything lined up beautifully. It was like my wife got another, her job temporarily. And then I was able to transition out. And within three to four months, everything was back and rolling. And it was just like, I'm never looking back. This is what I am born to do. This is what I love to do is coaches teach. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a place where I, I don't have children of my own, but, but I mm-hmm. can say from my own experience and from where I see other people's kids going, it's, it, it's giving them the guidance to be able to do the things that are important to them to be okay with being who they are. You know, I was raised with the opinions I was given. I followed the educational path and the, and the work path that I was told I wanted to follow. And when I finally grew an opinion of my own, it was like, wow, you know, there's a whole <laughs> world out there. Yeah, and, yeah. and still this until we moved to Italy and I was away from everything and said, okay, what do I want to be when I grow up now? You know, I mean, I had to wait till age 50 to start. So I hope that other people can get started a lot earlier. You know, it's just, it's never too late. But I love when you decide what I heard this once, and I'd love your feedback on this is once you decide the what, the how shows itself. Yes. Yes. But, uh, two, two things on that. First of all, what in, I mean, how, in, how inspiring that you did it at 50. Like there's so many people that think it's too late. They might be, they might, their kids might be here or, or they have this job that's, but that's the whole thing is, no, it's not what you just said. It's not too late. The universe will conspire. It will line up. But being having that clear, deliberate intention is what a lot of people, I think, fall short on, right? Not having that clarity. It's kind of, well, this might be nice. Maybe we should. That would be cool if, but it's like, nope, this is where I'm going and this is what I want to do. Then the, the, the things line up. I think I, I love the metaphor of, of we're all, we, I think we, cl- I know we climb hundreds of mountains in our life, hundreds of mountains, thousands, some of us, but we're going to reach the top of all of those, but not once have you ever said, I'm going to go from this point to that point, to that point. The, the path has never been perfectly clear. Yeah. The, the, the path reveals itself in the just right ways. And when you get to the top, you look back and you go, oh, I needed to go to that place to learn that lesson so that I could go that way in this direction and, and da, 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 da. And, and it's like, it, it unfolds in the just right ways and just right times. And, and knowing that or having the faith that that's going to happen because it's happened hundreds of times in the past before, mm-hmm. thousands of times that you just have to hold that and trust that it's unfolding for you, but be clear. So 
Yeah. And I think a lot of people sell themselves short because their energy is focused on, I can't let go of this money or the ego says, no, but how am I going to pay my bills? Or what about all the stuff I have, you know? And again, it's just, it's just stuff. Tiffany and I were just talking about that before. It's like, I have had the urge to purge. It's like, I want to create space around me. I want to get rid of stuff. I don't, you know, we, we don't need it, but there's that almighty quest for accumulation and we we don't accumulate the right energy we accumulate stuff Mm. to block it yeah one of my friends is one of the minimalists if you guys seen that on netflix Mm. ryan nicodemus and he created this this book and this netflix show around exactly that is is clearing the clutter is getting rid of all of the things we don't need and they both have pretty amazing stories around it to, to clear themselves. It's not just the stuff, it's the, the internal clutter. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and thinking about the impact that we have on all the other people around us. Yes. I, I don't think people realize how massive that is. As we do the work on ourselves, that exactly what you just said, Julie, as we do the work on ourselves, that impacts the others. It gives them the example of it clears the way and says, well, you can do it. I'm going to do that as well. I'm going to make sure that, that I, you showed me that it can be done. So the more work we do on ourselves, the ones around us get inspired. Even if they don't tell you there's something there, there's something there that you're doing. So it's all we can do is the work on ourselves first. That's right. That's right. And Chris, it sounds like when you were talking before, you know, when you said that, you know, you were feeling, you know, empty and sad and, and this and that. To me, what I heard was you were being called home a few different times before you accepted the actual invitation. Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And I, I think the home is in the heart. No, you know, it's 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 that's the place where where we we need to feel. And it's blocked by so many so many emotions and, and having the courage to feel those feels finally, right? Because if you're not, you're exhausted. You know, if you're not being honest with yourself, that's what's leading to burnout. We pretend that we, we push through, I've pushed through so many things in my life that I was like, yes, I'm going to do this over and over and over again to prove. And what it was, was I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel worthy enough you know, and, and, and going and doing all these ultra endurance events and triathlons and marathons and bike racing and being on my bike for six days a week out. You know, I, lo- I loved it. But what I realized is I was also numbing myself. I was also running from what I didn't love. You know, I'd be in, I remember going to, to Moab to do a 24 hour mountain bike race. And, and I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm saying that because I didn't, when I did that race, I didn't look around and take in the beauty of what Moab was. I didn't look around to kind of say, how do you feel? Check in with you in this moment. I just went there to get it done and get it over so that I could prove to myself that I could do it. Right. And, and I think do these things or, or reach for these goals and, and not to say that doing that stuff isn't, isn't incredible, but why are you doing it? And I think a lot of people, especially being a coach, they do it because there's a worth, worthiness thing going on within themselves. They're proving themselves over and over and over again. Because if you really are able to sit with it and be in that space of how is it I really feel? What is it I'm really here to do? Right? And, and when we get past that and say, yeah, I'm worth, you are all worthy right now. We're all worthy. You didn't, you don't have to do anything else right now in this moment. You were born worthy and you always have been worthy. And when you can accept that and believe that, that's when things start to shift in your life. I do deserve this. I do deserve to be happy. I do deserve to be fulfilled. All of that. And when we can hold that, and like you said, Tiffany, bring it, that's home. That's where we find our center. That's where we find the peace. So we can look around and say, wow, this is beautiful, this place, this, this environment, I don't care where you are. You start to live in gratitude and not in um, emptiness anymore. Or envy, <laughs> even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. comparison. Yeah. Yes. 
which is a huge mm-hmm. one. So Chris, it sounds like, you know, you, you know, you said you were in your thirties, you know, you kind of experienced a few different voices or, or what have you, you know, again, you accepted that invitation to come home and what changed for you after that? I think my ability just to, 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 I, I changed from trying to fill my cup to, to go after success, so to speak, to be in service. Like I, I understood the meaning of what being in service is, right? And, and, and being able to give back, right? And, and, and in doing that, there is a huge um, um, paycheck you get that it's not about money, right? So when I understood that, because I was always brought up with, yeah, you, as soon as you make this amount of money, or if, if we win the mega bucks, if we do, you know, then we can do this. And then we can do that. I mean, my parents gave, gave us a lot, but there was always that, that, that place of, no, there's still not enough. Mm-hmm. We're right. going to be chasing this, or if we had this money, then we could get a, this, 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 it was, it was never settled into, okay, you have enough right now. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't, they, they didn't do anything wrong. They were amazing parents. They are amazing parents. They're still alive. But that was the mindset. Italian, uh, eight kids, right? My mother, right? I have a hundred cousins still living back in the Boston area, over a hundred. <laughs> yeah. So my mom, she grew up, you know, just kind of having in just enough or or barely getting by, so to speak, with eight right. having eight siblings. So that that energy coming from my parents was when we win this, when we do this, when when we get there as opposed to here we are now. Yeah. And that's what I had to learn is here we are now. And right. look what you have. Yeah. Right. Doesn't mean no. you're going to chase it. You're still, you're still going after things. You're still, but you're slowing down and, and taking in the beauty and, and, and setting these goals and going, yeah, I'm going to take my time and, and, and really savor these moments. Yeah. You're having experiences. Yeah. One of yeah. this, one of, um, one of my friend's, Bob, he says, and he defined it so beautifully, and I'll, I'll try to do it justice, but he says the, uh, the definition of success to him is not your resume, it's not your jobs, it's not the car, it's not the stuff, it's can you be at home with yourself? Yeah. Then and only then are you actually successful. And as, as much as I've always felt that, it was just, you know, when somebody puts words to something that you're you know, you already truly understand, but can't define it. It just becomes such a space and and you're, you're exactly defining it here. And now also it's not any of these things or stuff, you know, and so often, you know, especially kids, I find that they'll say, what would you do if you won, you know, a million dollars, or what would you do if you, what would you do? You know? And I think, you know, it's time to flip that question and say, what would you do if you had to spend five minutes with yourself? You know, what, what would you do to be at home with yourself? What does that look like? And more, what does that feel like? Because I feel as though most of us in a societal space don't actually know what that is. There are so many distractions and, you know, Chris, like you were saying, well, if I don't feel, if I don't feel, but the funny thing is, is you were feeling it, Mm -hmm. but probably not in a productive way, not in an open way. And, you know, you're talking about the universe a lot. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. It's something that I, you know, have really let go of myself where you just say universe is the higher power here. I can't fight it. I can only become it. And the more you manifest that, the more the money will follow, the more the, you know, the people that you serve will follow, right? You, you create this complete solar system when you allow that universal space you know, you've taken that ticket home. Now you're home and now you're just exuding all of this light and all of this goodness and, and, mm-hmm. and whatnot of being home because you are there. Right. Right. So now you have this whole solar system, right? We all have our, our solar systems, but if we think about what do we want, you know, how do we want that to be shaped? How do we want, you know, in the people that we attract into our solar system, because if you're not in a good space, you are attracting people who also aren't, but when you are, you're attracting, look at, we're here now. 
you know, now you're in our soul system and vice versa, because we're connecting on such on this human experience. Right. That's it. You know, two things to that. You were saying, um, if, if they had a million dollars, right. If, if you told kids this, you know, what was shown to me, well, first of all, 60, what is the stats? 60, 70% of, of people that win the lottery end up going bankrupt in the first like four or five years. Well, that that's a worthy thing. You know, it's not that, yeah, they don't know how to manage the money, but it's also, they don't know what to, how to, how to use it productively, right. To do what we are meant to do. So, you know, I was, I was told that one of the weekends I attended and you go, okay, I'm going to hand you a hundred million dollars. Right. And then you go and you travel around the world, you buy your houses, you have enough money for life. Two years goes by, you're sitting in your, you know, beachfront property. Now, what do you do? Where do you go? Right. What, what is it you're going to do? That's when you get to look inside and you say, okay, enough, you know, do I need another car? Do I need another house? Do no, what we're chasing is, 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 is I need me, you know, I need myself to feel really fulfilled and stop putting all of this, this stuff in front of me. Now, how can I use this to better this place, this world, this, 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 these people around me, you know, I want to leave this place better than I found it. How can I do that? Right. And that's, that's the true essence of, of where we're at. Of, of what we're supposed to do. And then the other thing you mentioned was around uh, the people that you surround yourself with. You know, what do they say? You're the sum of the five, you are the sum of the five closest people to you, right? So you look at the people that, you know, and, and I get the whole family thing. I understand that, right? Because I come from a huge family and I love my family. I always love my family, right? But if, if I'm in an environment where who are these people that I choose to, to put myself in the majority of the time, right? Boundaries aren't about stay away from me. I'm going to put up this bob wired fence. Boundaries are loving and, and caring, right? Some people aren't ready. We talked about this earlier to step into their power yet. And that's okay, right? That's okay. You know, and I had to learn that with my dad, who's an alcoholic, you know, is he's, when he's ready to stop drinking, he'll be ready to stop drinking. I can love him. All I want, I, I will always do that. He's a great person, but I stopped getting triggered and, and disappointed and it did take, getting taken down because he would drink, right? That wasn't, that wasn't something that I, I, I learned to kind of go, okay, I'm going to put up a, a boundary. I'm going to say, you're doing you. I'm here, call me, or I'm going to call you and check in with you, but this is the choice. And same thing with my mom who chooses to kind of go through that you know, she can't do it for him. He's on his path, doing his life, living his karma, choosing to make these decisions. And a lot of people in our lives choose that. I can't tell you how many family members have said, hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Da, da, da. And I was like, sure. And I give him an action step to do, a challenging one, not over the top. And it's like 99.9% .9 of them never do that, right? Because it's it's this exchange of, oh, you're going to help me. And, and I'm like, okay, well, you didn't do this, so I'm not going to help you. <laughs> right. But I still love you. Right. These are, it's, it's an exchange of, of, of doing things for others. Right. When you meet that resistance and you step through that resistance and you have the discipline to do the work, that's what leads to your freedom. Discipline isn't about suffering. Discipline leads equals freedom in my opinion. So, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, Jack, I love Jack Canfield and one of his seminars, he was talking about breaking down the, the word satisfaction and satis, mm. the um, prefix is about enough. And, um, fakare is the, the verb to do to, and, and so enough doing mm -hmm. right is is basically what those pieces of the word mean you have to take action and i you know as a nutrition coach so many people come in and say well i want to i want to lose weight and get in shape um but i don't want to change what i eat and i don't have time to exercise what can you do for me you know and yeah. oversimplification but ultimately that's that's kind of the attitude well i saw this diet i saw this 
thing I could, this thing I can tape to my body or whatever that, you know, <laughs> will do the work for me. It's like, oh, how nice for you, you know, come back when you're ready to make some changes and we can talk. But yeah, that pill, right? That magic pill. Yeah. Right. But it, it sounds like Chris, that, that, that could be what you've experienced also. They are asking for your help, but I think the underlying tone is fix me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The underlying tone is you do it for me. Cause you seem to know what to do. Right. Chris, you, you know, they, they see you, you've changed and you know, you're, you're even exuding something set, you know, different. And they say, well, I want that. Okay. You give me that. But if you're not really truly ready is it's not something that it's not something tangible. It's not like do these three things and you're good, right? This will be it. It goes to the same thing as like, oh, you've lost a lot of weight. What did you do? Yeah. I'll do it too. Right. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. It's just, it's a completely different space to be held. Right. Mm-hmm. Like here's, here's some steps to take. And it sounds like probably what you're doing again, Chris, going back to that is just inviting them home, even just for a second, see how it feels. Yeah. And then they say, it, well, it's a- <laughs> Yeah. Well, not yet. And I go, okay, yeah. you're not ready. No for now. Na- no right. for now. Yeah. No for now. Yeah. And but but what I'm looking, for, you know, when I work with clients, you know, the the importance of an exchange is 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 vital to that, right? Like, it when I say what I charge, right? And here I'm going to work with you for a year, and and here's here's what my my clients pay me, and then there's that moment of oh, okay. This is getting real. Now, this isn't about me collecting the money. That's part of it, right? Of course, we I have to live and feed my family and this and that. But it's the exchange, the currency, not the money, the currency that they're showing to the universe, the spiritual exchange that's, that's happening, right? The fact that they're paying for a service that's costing them their hard-earned money, which is event energy, which is labor that they put into something in order to get something back. If that exchange isn't there and it's not strong enough, they're not going to do the work to do that. Mm-hmm. When I hired my first coach years ago, right, I was, I, was, um, I was working at a studio that was paying about 40% of my income, 30, right? I got elected to, I was leading the... Um, the division, the, the organization I was working for, I just got elected. And when they say, when you step into leadership and, and I was the CEO of this organization, I just got elected. And then, and everybody told me, well, when you get elected, you're, 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 you're going to really step up into leadership and all these things are going to happen for you. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. I'm excited. It's fantastic. So I got, it was all starting up, you know, in, in charge of a hundred person organization. Two days later, <clears throat> The studio I was working at, 40% of my income shut down, just stopped, walked in. They say, we're closing our doors, <laughs> right? We moved a week later, right? I said, I said to my wife, I go, all right, we, I, need to, I need some help with this. I need to, I need to go and, and do some things differently than what we're doing. I think I really need to hire a coach to help me really change my perspective and, and, and get into this new way of being did not have the money. Cause we just lost this. I was like, I talked to her, I go, it's going to be this much for, you know, a month for a year. And she's like, she looks at me and she looked at our money and she goes, I think you have to do this. I think you have to do this. And she understood the importance of exchange, right? Did it make me uncomfortable? Yes. That's the whole point. When you step into something new, it, it changes who you are. It brings up the butterflies and the nervousness and, 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 and your whole demeanor starts to, to change. But do you lead with that fear or do you lead with courage? And in that time, that year's time, she showed me how to, how to really manifest things. So within a month, I had my first client. Within three months, I had three more clients. You know, it just snowballed. And I was like, my rates were going. And I was like, I made it up within this much of time. It was all there because I had the courage to step into it, even though was it scary? Hell yeah. But that's the whole point of making change, I think, is seeing the scary, seeing the fear and going, no, but you're not driving today. Courage is going to drive. You can stay in the back seat, and I'll, I, I, I like the point that you're giving me a little nudge in the ribs once in a while. Mm-hmm. But this is what I need to go. This is the goal for this year. This is what I want to to have shift in my life. 
And that was the whole thing. And the big part of that whole thing was her big thing with me is slow down. Slowing down was the big part is savoring what was coming in. And that, that right there, I think that exchange that occurs and it, now it happens all the time. It's not just with the coaching clients. It's, it's, it's the pack that you got to make in life is, is what's the exchange. And then you get back what you put out in anything yeah. you do. I have a it sounds coach. like a bit of a, sorry, Julie. No, I, it sounds like a spiritual investment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Money, currency, current energy. It's all, it's all energy. And I, my, I have a coach who says the, the transformation begins with the transaction, but it isn't always just about the money. It is like you say, it's that energy. It's that it's, it's willing to put fear to the side and just take the step that your heart is telling you it's time to take and believing that success is inevitable, basically that it's going to happen. Um, and, and, and fear just, I know for so many people and myself included for a long time, it's just, it's such a big thing. So you, you were talking before about a number of different modalities that you use, um, to, to help people. Can you talk a little bit about some of, some of the modalities sure. that you do? Use? Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think exercise is vital for us all, um, moving energy, right? Um, I've been a big yoga component for since college. I was up in Fitchburg State University where I went to school, Northern Mass. And we had a teacher that said, hey, come take this class at this church, at the basement. And it was yoga. And I was like, the, and I was playing football, college football. And I always did, started working out weights. And, da, 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 and I was like, I couldn't believe how hard it was for, for uh, like a, a football player must. I was like, this is the, because it forced you to be within your body, right? Mm -hmm. Yoga for me is a spiritual thing because it's all about moving energy within, within myself, right? So no matter what I've been doing it since then, 25 years, um, it's been a staple, a foundation of who I am. And I'm a, I'm a bigger muscular person that, that it's, it, you look at it, it goes, no, well, you shouldn't be doing that. Yes. I think guys, first of all, that, that have more, it's not about getting bigger biceps. It's about opening up your hearts a little more. It's about opening yourself and not crunching over and getting, mm -hmm. you know, stronger. Yes. Weights are important, but it's the, it's the understanding of how do you sit within a pose and feel yourself first? How do you, how do you open yourself up and feel that energy move through? And when I get done with a hard class, I, I feel so good. And I know most men or women that are tighter, both. When you do that, there's a, there's a connection that you get to not only yourself, but to a lot of things around you. So there's yoga, uh, meditation, right? Sitting with yourself. I know that scares a lot of people because you have thoughts that go on in your head, right? You have 70,000 thoughts a day. Of course, you're going to have thoughts. It's not about not thinking. It's about understanding that those thoughts are not you, right? Mm -hmm. It's when you recognize that you are often a thought and you're able to bring yourself back to center, to the sensations in the body, to the moment, to the sound of your breath, to the to the, to the, to the visualization of your breath, to the, to the feeling of, of, of your belly distending and coming back of your heartbeat of a sensation, your fingers rubbing together. That's, that is presence. And that's what meditation is trying to bring you is just presence. And when those thoughts come in and you recognize that that's what makes you stronger. Right. And then eventually the void starts to happen where you're just like, Oh, nothing happened. That's beautiful. That's like that, that place. And why do we do that is to lower the cortisol levels is to bring ourselves to a place of just peace. So that, I mean, the studies are out, I mean, millions and billions of studies yeah. on how amazing meditation is for you. But then there's also breath work, mm -hmm. which is a, a holotropic type of deep breathing that you do for an extended period of time. I was actually doing a big retreat this weekend on Saturday night. And what that does is again, normalizes the, the, the nervous system. A lot of people have physical sensations with it. Uh, a lot of people have, um, 
mystical experiences. You know, there's no telling what it is, but that same thing, it's about letting go. It's about overloading your body with oxygen, with CO2, with clearing out the stuck energy. Mm -hmm. They say the issues are in the tissues. Yeah. So if you can move those that, you know, if you had a, a surgery or an injury, there's probably a lot of stuck energy in there that comes out as emotions. Think about when you get stressed, where do you hold those emotions, right? I had a client um, who eventually she started the uh, uh, online uh, um, healer community that I work for, Comnest, and she took my class for the first, first time. She tells a story that she came in and she, she just thought it was going to be a gentle breathing class, like a, you know, and it's going to be nice and calm and she, she had this, um, her, she just found out her dad had cancer. Um, she had this back pain and all this and all that. And she ended up going through this class, 45 minutes of deep breathing. The breathing is like a, so you're, you're really loading yourself up. And she had this, this common peace and this crying and these emotions that came out and she got done with it. And the back pain was gone and she has never felt it again. Her dad's fine now, but she had to come to terms with that aspect of her and how to deal with that. And from there, she started going into all these other modalities. And now she has this amazing online business she started. And, and so those are, that's just one of thousands of examples that, that I could give from this, but it's one of my favorite classes I teach right now, because there is such a transformation that happens in the breath work. And then uh, Navy SEALs are actually using that in their training right now, the same type of thing. Because think about, you know, when you're in, under that type of pressure, mm -hmm. right? If something comes up, a trigger comes up in that high environment, that's going to cost you your life, right? So this is used to, 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 to bring yourself centered, to bring yourself into a place of, of, of calm and peace. So you can make those right decisions and trust your instincts that's going on. It's, it basically allows you to get to the depths of your soul in a really short period of time. And it can be emotional and that's okay. I used to be a really um, um, sympathetic crier, empathetic crier. Like if somebody saw somebody cry, I'd be like, oh. And now I look at somebody who's in the middle of a session and is having a, a, an emotional experience. And I go, that's beautiful because I know what's in the middle of that. I know what's in the middle. There's a lightness that, that happens, a beauty that happens. So feel those feels. So that's just a few of them. <laughs> that's, really, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So mm -hmm. wow. Are, do you, you teach it too, Tiff, Tiffany? Or you, we were talking about that before, right? Breathwork? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I do teach uh, <clears throat> some breathwork myself. Not, not how you how you facilitate it, you know, in that like holotropic mm -hmm. method, but, um, nonetheless, you are, uh, the only person that I've talked to thus far that is breathing out of their nose in between sentences. So I really appreciate that. I'm breathing out of my nose in between sentences. <laughs> you keep, yeah. When you stop, when you stop, you're taking in air through your nose, which is just, it's just not common. So I'm actually really enjoying that. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a yeah. wonderful thing. You know, it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> because well, there was one and I'm using the mic today, but there was one, I had to use audio podcast and it was like, it was too, like I heard it and it was like overwhelming. I hope it's not overwhelming this no. noise. Oh this gosh, podcast. no. Okay. No, again, okay. it's just because that's what I'm attracted to at this point, yeah. you know, in terms of the breath work that of course I'm, you know, aware of it and, and appreciative yeah. of it. But yeah, you know, there's something, you know, that I really talk about with, with breath work and, you know, Julie knows too, it's, it's really where you can come home. It's mm. a quick and easy method to bring yourself back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because as I define it, you know, you kind of have this mind, body and spirit, but oftentimes mm. as a society, we're extremely disconnected from one, two, or maybe all of them. And, you know, if you are disconnected from your body, you know, just spending a few minutes, just even noticing your breath, there's no right or wrong to yeah. breathing. Yeah. You know, there's more efficient, sure. There's more functional, sure, sure, which I'm happy to go over. And I'm sure you are too. But at the end of the day, we're just talking about consciously breathing. Because if yeah. you're consciously breathing, that is a form of meditation. And what is meditation? A way to return to yourself. 
So if you are just noticing your breath for 30 seconds, hooray, you did it for 30 seconds. You know, it's not, you know, there's, there's no all or nothing here. It's just a matter of using something that's on you at all times. Mm. Like yoga is great. Exercise is great. I love every modality that you spoke of, but the difference is, is when it comes to just breathing, that is something we are doing all day. And it's yeah. a tool that we have on us at all times. And it's something that we can utilize and nobody has to know because we're all breathing. We might just be doing it a little bit more calculated or a little bit more aware so that we are centering ourselves with ourselves. Right. Right. And that's how I, how I see it best. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And, and, and that is, you know, it's just picking the thing that you're trying it all, trying them all on and what works, you know, you're like, no, that's not for me. Or, or maybe it is, but there's resistance that came up and you're kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to give this a few shots and then see if that's, that's the thing, but try it on. If you're not trying it on, you don't, you don't know, but give it a couple things. You know, another one is box breathing. Yep. Four breaths in, hold for four, exhale for four seconds, hold for four, inhale for four, hold, and just repeat just the counting aspect of it. That's another great, great one you could use. Helps to just calm your nervous system. Nobody has to know. Yes. Right. You're just doing it. You're just doing it. You're inviting yourself back home. And I, and I love what you're talking about with the breath work too, because obviously mm-hmm. it's something that I'm deeply passionate about, but, but again, it's just that invitation to step into yourself just with your breath. And it really can help. It really can change, change you and change things. And, you know, you, you, you're talking about before it's like, I'm here. I'm always ready. I'm always willing and able to help people, but it doesn't mean everyone wants to be helped, but Sometimes you do need to experience, right? So just experience, just experience doing the box breathing just for a minute, you know, and then you try it on because I can tell you, Chris can tell you how great it feels and how much we're aware and how much it centers you and how much it calms your nervous system. But if the other person that's listening doesn't actually take the time to try it, well, then it's just a thing. (laughs) Right. You have to experience it. Mm -hmm. And I have the courage to go into it. Well, and that's, I I look at when it comes to new things, I, I, I'm a weird combination of, of fear and crazy courage. And, you know, for my 40th birthday, I decided I wanted to go skydiving and nobody would go with me. So I just went and did it, you know, but um, when it comes to the breathing, I, I did a workshop with Tiffany and we've been learning. And I think, I know I feel better when I do the, like the box breathing, especially before we got, before we started talking today, I couldn't stop yawning. I don't know why. Like I just couldn't stop. And of course I got her started. (laughs) It's like, just do some box breathing. It's right. You know, and when you get, when you get to a point like in menopause and Hashimoto's and things that are known to make you very foggy brained, um, the breathing is just an amazing way to kind of come back to to yourself. But I, I always liken it to the way my grandmother approached eating. She said, you have to try three bites. If you don't like it after three bites, you don't have to eat it anymore, but you know, you have to try three bites. So if I'm going to try a new activity, I always try it at least three times. Yes. Yes. No, you have to. That's anybody that's trying it. They make the, they should make the commitment right now. Three times. Right. And then, and then we'll talk, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So, so Chris, you mentioned, you know, a couple of different ways, you know, in which, you know, you help clients and, and, and whatnot, you know, you mentioned retreats and, and all of that. So what does it look like for you now? What, what is it, you know, where do you find yourself most helping people or how do they come to you? What, what does that look like? So I work in different ways. So I'm, I'm working at, I'm working for organizations. I just got back from Cabo worked with about 50 CEOs and their spouses. And we did a whole bunch of, you know, what we're talking about now, it's just opening yourselves up, um, getting real with what's happening in your life, in your business, and then adding some modalities of breathing, right. Of uh, breath work of bringing them in. I'm not going to give it away, but I like to bring in really uncomfortable, um, shocking situations to 
to my workshops and very interactive. So there's, there's talking. It's not just about getting talked to. It's like, what is an experience you can have? So we're in the process of creating more weekends, men's weekends, men's co-ed weekends, boys weekends, or, you know, I think men or uh, boys are uh, having a hard time getting initiated into life. What is that? Right. So how can we create these weeks and weekends? Um, so I work with people one-on-one -on -one as well. So, you know, calling, you know, creating a discovery call, am I the right fit for you? Would it be the right fit for me? You know, it's generally a six month or year long endeavor that we go on. And it's not just about having a phone call. It's like, where do you want to be in a year? And let me support you to go through that. Let's, let's do this together. I'm not going to do it for you, but I'm going to hold the mirror up and I'm going to get really honest with you. And I'm going to tell you things that most people won't tell you because it's not about being friend and making you feel all warm and fuzzy. You will, but this is going to be the work that you get to do is, is, is going through that. And then I work with different, like I said, I, companies will have me in for talks and different um, things, some Zoom workshops that I do. I'm, I'm recording a whole different, a series of, of um, workshops right now, like owning your story, releasing shame and guilt, unleashing your why, you know, if we can, I love helping people find their, their why, you know, I really think that our stories, the things that we have been through, the hard things that we have been through in our lives have given us the gifts and, 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 and the, the amazing modalities that we have, we can now use them to better the world. Like if we search at those hard times when you were a, a, a child, a teenager, those things that you wouldn't wish on anybody, if we really look at those things, we say, what are the lessons you learned within those? What are the gifts that you got out of those? Who are you now because you went through that? Now, how can we take those gifts, combine them with your passion and use them to be in service, right? And not just about let's find a job. Let's, let's find a job or a career that complements who you are. So finding that and, and, or unleashing that. It's not about is it there? It's there. It's just about unleashing it within you. So having those different things. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a ton of different exciting things that are happening next year that I'm, I'm really excited. And I also, if you guys want to try a breathwork class, I have a free one on my website. You guys can, oh, cool. 30 minutes. Yeah, you can, it'll just put your email in and we'll send it right over. So you can, 30 minutes of just dialing it in. So hi. Right on. I'll try it. doing that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Mm -hmm. So Chris, cool. I just want to just, just tell you, and I hope you're comfortable with this, but you're literally like my real life Thich Nhat Hanh. Tick not hunt. Yeah, that's yeah. what you are to me right now. Everything that you're saying is just, it's so beautiful. It's so powerful. Mm. It's its really transcending just to such a different level in such a beautiful way. So mm. yeah, you're my real life Tick not hunt. I just wanted to let you know that's that, Chris. So I hope beautiful. you accept. Thank you. Yeah, I, I will. Thank you so much. I know the first time we talked, it was like, okay, I got to go, but we could probably talk for the next two hours. So, right? you know. Yeah, but, yeah, it was, no. It was great. And we could have you on here for the next two hours, but you know, we all have different lives and different schedules. So Chris, we're going to, we're just going to follow up with this. Well, first of all, too, we will, you know, put all of your ways to reach you, any of your workshops, you know, whatever information that you want our listeners to have, we're definitely going to put that into our show notes mm -hmm. because you're somebody who needs to be accessed for sure. And that breathwork session. Yeah, we can add that too. Cause I think that that's wonderful. Um, but you know, we have this question that we'd like to follow up with our guests. So Julie, you, you go ahead today. I love the smiles. Hold on. Let me get ready. <laughs> no no cheating. No. <laughs> <laughs> what are, what are your top three ingredients for happy life? Hmm. Taking, making sure my cup is full, first and foremost, um, taking care of myself, my body, my soul, my spirit. Um, if my cup is full, I'm the best dad I can be. I, the best husband I can be, the best friend I can be. As my daughter just walked in and she's hungry. Uh, <laughs> second one is my family. Uh, she's looking at me like, feed me. It's so funny that she's doing that. She heard recipe. Um, she's like, what you making? She Dad? did. She did. She did. <laughs> S second one is is my family. Um, they just light me up. 
Like, I mean, just, just having those little moments last night, just falling asleep with my little one in my arms, you know, just having those, um, no, no doubt. And then the third is, is having a, a, a career that I love is being able to do something that, that I've worked hard to do that, that fills me up is that I'm, I'm living my why I'm able to be in service. I'm, I'm looking at, at leaving, like I said earlier, leaving this place better than I found it and, and being able to, to work with people that, that want to deepen their belief system, deepen their, their why, you know, to do the work. I want to have that community around me and um, just live my best self and fall in love with the journey that I'm on. This podcast was produced by Julie, Tiffany, and myself. Keep updated for the latest deep health, nutritious conversations. If you're already successful in the health and well-being industry, a coach, practitioner, trainer, and other related career passions with a thriving business and have an interesting story, we'd love to hear from you.